hearts you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield bringing us another interesting marketing day. You know, as we kind of glance quickly over the numbers, we definitely saw some higher numbers in the corn and the beans. The wheat had some struggles going on today. And on the livestock side, even though there's green on the screen, there's a lot of influences in the trade that are really going to put some pressure on them, especially as we start to move towards the heat of the summer months. We're going to take a look at all of this and a lot more, including what's going on in the energy as Darren Fry joins us. He is with Water Street Solutions. And I want to start out with these energy markets because you and I were talking about this before the program started. And there's some exciting things happening in energy, which in the end is going to have some effects on our our grain and livestock trade. Yeah, that's right, Susan. Sure is. Thanks for having me back on the program. Really appreciate it. Um, Energies are, are really leading everything higher. As we know, it takes those energies like gasoline and diesel fuel to move product around the country, whether it's by truck or train or ship. And we're seeing higher and higher prices. We've seen natural gas go through a huge melt up. And now we're seeing crude oil and some of these contracts like July and August taking out contract highs. Obviously, gasoline prices are high. Everybody's talking about that. It's hurting the consumer at the pump. But also diesel fuel is like at a 13-year high, even though our inventories uh, were really good in 2020 and August of 20. They're now at the lowest level they've been in 13 years. And we're seeing prices skyrocket, which is really putting the, the clamps down on trucking companies, right? And so it's harder to move these products around. So I really think energy markets, as they melt up, are going to cause more and more logistical problems. But it's also what's driving our grain markets, corn and soybean oil in particular, so there is some, you know, kind of uh, kind of a payback, so to speak, as higher input costs go, so are outputs. And so that is helping to offset it, if you will. As you look at that, and obviously a long-term effect, if these gas prices continue to go up, as we've seen in the mainstream news, it's really pulling on people's pocketbooks. We're going to see a cutback, I'm yeah. sure, when it comes to grocery stores yeah. and just travel. No, it really is. I mean, if you're in the hospitality business, uh, you know, restaurants, hotels, things that rely on, you know, tourism and, and people to travel, I think it's really going to put a pinch. And, and in the end, I mean, it, it, we're going to see some type of recession, uh, a hard recession, I think, uh, probably globally, because, you know, it's the poor countries that are really getting hit hard with this. And the stronger our dollar gets, the more pressure that puts on those poorer countries. And, we're feeling it here. Everybody's feeling it. There's just less disposable income with all these things getting hiked higher and higher. So uh, I don't know where it ends, but it's going to crash and burn at some point. What about from an ethanol perspective? Is there some nervousness because that means less drive time for folks? Well, you know, ethanol margins are pretty decent. I mean, last time I checked here a couple of days ago, we we're at nine cents a gallon, eight to nine cents. And, and that's overall cost. And we know that corn oil has been going up. We know the DDGs have been firm and, you know, with with really their profit margins and the need for the government here in an election year to try to tame down gas prices at the pump. Um, you know, the new mandates came out. They weren't extremely bullish, but they were just using a little bit more. I think we're going to continue to blend. And I think ethanol usage is, is going to be on the increase here as we start through drive season. So uh, I'm not bearish corn on an ethanol basis. I think the first thing we ration demand in corn will be the export market. 
and ethanol is going to be harder to tame with high fuel prices. And obviously, we got the livestock that's a stable amount of mouths that need to be fed. Well, maybe ethanol will be the saving grace for the for the fuel prices that we're having to deal with. <laughs> I mean, one can hope so, but yeah, exactly. you know, it's like it's like blending another five percent isn't going to fix our problem. Uh, there's just so many things structurally wrong with this market, but it will help. Yeah. We certainly can't take ethanol away and get cheaper fuel prices. That's for sure. No, and you definitely start to see people on the uptick going to ethanol because they see that price difference. Uh, we had some choppiness on, on either side with the stock market today. So outside market influences, how much did the stocks weigh in on our grain trade today? Well, I don't know if stocks are really correlated to commodities anymore. You know, we've seen we've seen the stock market uh, really peak out late last year into early January. It's down quite a bit. We've seen commodities rise through that time. But what you end up with a stock market uh, is is panic when things go down hard. If the Dow's down a thousand, Nasdaq's down three, four, five hundred points, and you end up with a risk off trade. So these funds that hold positions not only on the stock side but on the commodity side, the hedge funds. They might just go ahead and say, hey, we just need to risk off. We need to liquidate things. And and so you do get involved for a particular amount of time, short time span where you, you sell off. But really, the fundamentals are just too strong in corn, wheat and soybeans right now to have much of a sell off that's sustainable. Looking out specifically at the grains, how much pressure is our Midwest weather going to play on these markets? I mean, we saw some decent numbers come out of the weekly crop progress report yesterday. But is the pressure going to be there over the next month or so? I think it is. Some of these long-term forecasts, uh, new weeklies and monthlies came out, and they're really supportive for higher prices. And we'll have to see. But um, I would say the crop conditions, while starting off good, we're going to look at weather and each day's forecast to see what these things are rolling forward on the model. So I think it's going to be supportive overall. What about this Friday's WASDE report? Do we expect any excitement? Stuff going to start building up? You know, I really don't think it will be much to write home about. I There's always surprises that can be in there, but I think the USDA still has to write down uh, some of the supply by increasing some of the demand. And I think weather is front and center now, so we're going to be looking at every forecast rather than every USDA report. We're going to get some questions on those numbers, I'm sure, as soon as they come out with wondering if, if they're true to numbers. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, there are always is questions around how they came up with things. All right, well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue here with the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We'll talk a little bit more about weather. We're going to talk what's happening in South America as well because their crops are, are wrapping up. How much of an influence is that going to have on our prices? And, of course, flipping the side to what's going on with these cattle numbers, packer profitability, weights picking up, lots to look at. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, people and products make the difference. Here's Fontenelle dealer Brandon Novak from St. Paul, Nebraska. Fontenelle offers a strong product lineup through their soybeans and through their corn. Working with the people of Fontenelle have made things a lot easier just because I have a sense of security and knowing that the products that I choose will be the right products for my farm with the help of our knowledgeable agronomists and FSRs. For more, contact your local dealer or go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide labeled 1958. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing the conversation this afternoon with Darren Fry, of course, with Water Street Solutions. And before we jump into the, the livestock side of it, I wanted to wrap up on the grain side. And I know that harvest pretty much is wrapping up in South America, but there is some questions as to what we're seeing in production numbers, how this grain looks. And that 
obviously it's going to add some nice pressure to our grain markets as well. Yeah, that's that's a good good point, Susan. Um, in Argentina, you know, they're coming through the crop, they're harvesting corn. Uh, the corn that's left to harvest has really poor, good, excellent ratings. Uh, the government has them at 53 million metric tons, USDA I'm talking about. And I think that crop is down from that. I think it's probably more like 48, 49. Uh, we probably won't know firm numbers for another 45 to 60 days. They're slow in reporting, much like CONAB and USDA on the Safrina crop, the total Brazilian crop they still have at 114, 116 area. Uh, I think it's more down in that 105 to 107 area. They've had no rain, no relief in the north. And I think that really will have affected grain fill up there when they get into that crop. And then down south, if anything, they've had too much rain, if that can be uh, a detriment. So uh, time will tell, but I think we have at least four on the low end of both those countries and on the high end, probably 12 million metric tons of write downs to come. And, you know, that's substantial. If you just hit that in the middle at eight, that's about 320 million bushels off of the world market on the supply side. And so that's a big deal. So time will tell, but if, if for some reason that is timed with a weather event here in the U.S., look out. This market is going to rally. Yeah, definitely. And you have been saying this all along. A weather-related market will make for some interesting times for the grains in the bin. Curious. Certainly will. Curious uh, as we look globally and and speaking of uh, livestock not putting all your eggs in one basket but there seems to be a lot of folks that are weighing in on the positives that hoping tomorrow's meeting with russia ukraine nato etc is going to mean some instant turnarounds when it comes to grain movement out of ukraine yeah there are a lot of people that have feared that and and that's why you've seen the liquidation over the last week week and a half especially in corn wheat some in bean oil sun oil uh, some of the, the veg oils around the world. But, you know, cash markets haven't moved lower. So it's been more of a future get-me-out type of trade. And, you know, hope and thinking isn't a good trading strategy. You can hope for something, but that doesn't mean you should be buying it or selling it. And I think when it comes to Russia, um, I just think it's far-fetched they're going to do a deal. They've um, pretty much weaponized, you know, energies, fertilizers, and now food um, to hold the world hostage. And I just don't see Putin being the character or the personality type uh, to just quit and give up and say, hey, I'll play nice now. So I'm always hopeful there can be some better outcome than what we see. But right now, I I just wouldn't hold my breath for it. I, I think we're going to have a situation where uh, the world is going to have to get used to having a lot less exports out of Ukraine because they're not going to be able to do it over the next year. So that what type of pressure do you see that making on us for our producers with the crops? Oh, it's a huge deal for the upside of all these commodities. We're going to have to ration demand. And you look at what they export annually, it's 84 million metric tons. So about 12 per, you know, month or so, or excuse me, seven per month. So you got 12 months, that's 84 million metric tons. And, uh, right now through rail and, you know, coastal vessels, they can probably move one to 1.2 million metric tons out a month. So they're going to be short around 6 million metric tons or 72 over a period of a year. And that is a lot of grain that's going to have to either come out of South America or North America, South Africa, Australia, Europe, somewhere other than the Ukraine, the Black Sea area, and Russia. So it's a big deal. And I can't tell you how big of a deal it is. If that's time with the weather event, you know, we haven't even come close to seeing the highs. 
Let's look at the livestock side as we get wrapping up here. Uh, cattle cutouts, you said they're starting to see some rise, but then add to it the weights. So two big factors that are going to affect this cattle trade. Yeah, box beef is starting to, to move a little bit. and Margins are profitable, but, you know, weights are up seven pounds over a week ago. And so that's a little burdensome, you know, um, got to deal with that. And, and on the hog side, you know, we're seeing some, some challenges on the export numbers. But overall, I think hogs are going higher on the chart. I like the formation in cattle. I do think the deferred cattle out in October these have a good look for higher. And so I am looking up, even though some of the fundamentals are still a little sketchy here nearby. So look at the, uh, real quick, when you talk about hog exports, uh, a former ambassador, Terry Branstead, said here about a week and a half ago, China can't afford to raise hogs anymore. So it's got to be some good news for pork exports. Yeah, I think China will continue to buy some of our pork, but, you know, they've tried to get into this new way of producing and sustainability on their own uh, hog herd, and, and they've had some challenges in getting there. But I wouldn't underestimate their ability to make that happen over time. But in the in the midst of that, uh, they'll rely on us for, you know, pork imports for sure. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Darren? Well, they can always look me up on Twitter. I'm at fry underscore WSS or call us toll free here at our office at 866-249-2528. And that has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.